Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> In today's volume opener of the other stories, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. We're going to be having a small chat with Andy Conduit-Turner. Andy writes for the podcast. He was the showrunner of our Old Mill Lane series of episodes last uh, Halloween. Uh, but he's also one of our main submission readers for the show. We're going to be having a little chat about what we look for in a story that's been submitted to the show. So if you're a writer and you're planning on writing an episode and submitting something, stick around, listen in, take some notes, because we think these tips are really going to help your chances of having your story selected. Before all that, though, we need to welcome in volume 65 of the other stories, Lost Civilizations. Whether we're talking about the Maya Empire, the Indus Civilization, or even Atlantis, which I'm pretty sure... I saw in a fish pond outside my old school. Or the tiny sentient civilization that lived in that locker in Men in Black. What are they up to? What happened to them? What are they planning? This theme is all about rediscovering something that was once lost. We have stories from Georgia Cook, Donna J.W. Munro, Hannah Mariska, David J. 13, and Scott Harper. Also, we just put a new Patreon exclusive episode live on the Patreon feed. So if you want to get access to that, go and subscribe from as little as a dollar a month. This Patreon episode is called Attribution. 
when the recording of Lee's latest interview for an unsolved crime magazine is ruined by interference, he makes a late night call to Phil, the tech guy. Once they reach beyond the static, they encounter something far more disturbing. That's written by TOS regular Kev Harrison and narrated by Josh Curran. Speaking of Patreon, holy wow, we have a lot of new amazing patrons. And let me tell you something about these amazing patrons. They all have superpowers. Even they don't know this, but they do. Who we got here? Andy Coffey with his detachable limbs. Melissa Graydell with her weaponized awesomeness. Chris Lilienthal, who has energy blasts that only come out when nobody's looking. Kyle Moore can speak to the dead and the living. John Shields can teleport cars with his mind. (laughs) Michael Aldous has earthquake powers. Very small on the Richter scale, but, you know, he can knock over a drink um, as long as it's in a polystyrene cup. I mean, if he targets it just right, he can knock over a hot toddy right into someone's lap. Ow, am I right? <laughs> Logan Cheshire, who has radioactive chi. Barry Fisher can spit bullets. Baharala can talk to humans and animals. David Nuzzo can channel the devil to do his evil bidding. As long as it's bedding related, you know, changing the sheets, uh, making the bed in the mornings, all the stuff no one wants to do, David can get the devil to do it. Anthony White has reality warping powers. Haley, she can communicate with telephones, not the people on them, but the phones themselves. It makes phone calls very confusing. And Abhishek, who has x-ray touch, they can feel your bones through your skin. Or through a wall, I guess. <laughs> I haven't really thought that one through. And, oh no, it's Emma, who can pause time with a blink. For the patrons, we are also going to be having a Discord-only pub chat. So we're going to be all getting together, all hanging out in the Discord server at the same time. It's 8pm UK time, which I think will be like 1 or 2pm over in the States. If you're a Patreon member, you should have an invite link to the Hawk and Cleaver Discord server. We're all going to get together. You can talk to the creators and each other. And yeah, we'll just have a drink, have a little chat, and um, it should be fun. I'll post all the links that you'll need for this in the show notes for this episode. Oh, yeah, um, uh, May the 1st. Saturday, May the 1st is when we're going to be doing the pub chat. We're going to be updating the Patreon soon. So we've got some cool plans to give out some merch from there, give away remastered older episodes um yes again on the ground floor at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver another news i've already mentioned this but i really want to mention it again so i'm going to we put together a new book a best of collection uh, that will feature 30 of the best stories we've run in the last five years if you want to get first dibs on that head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash best of and you'll see a sign up form We'll be revealing the amazing cover by Piper very, very soon. Honestly, it's fantastic. Also, we are now offering creative services over at theotherstories.net forward slash services. So if you've got a short story and you want someone to proof it or offer you a critique, tell you, give you a bit of a marketing plan of where, where you can submit your story and that kind of thing, or you've got a podcast or you want to learn how to make a podcast, maybe you want an intro jingle made, uh, we can do it for you. So head over to theotherstories.net forward slash services for that. Speaking of writers, we still have some open submissions available for you. Um, We are looking for stories around the themes of space, post-apocalypse, mythology and doppelgangers. Head over to 
theotherstories.net forward slash submissions for more details there. Remember to head over to the Facebook group for the regular writing prompts, book club, movie club, just chat about the podcast. All of that has been handled by the amazing Joshua Boucher. But for now, let's talk to Andy about what we look for when we're selecting stories for the Other Stories podcast. Hello, this is Luke again. I'm joined by a certain Mr. Andy Condrick-Turner. How's it going, Andy? I'm very well, thank you. And you? Not too bad. So, you uh, are a writer and you show ran the Old Mill Lane Halloween special we ran last year. Um, and you're also reading a lot of the submissions with us at the minute. You're perusing through many, many short stories. And we thought we'd uh, get together and offer people some tips and tricks or guidelines for, for when they're submitting stories to the other stories that might, you know, help their story get selected, might improve it and that kind of thing. Um, how's that sound? That sounds great. I am always happy to have a harder job when we're when we're going through and making the recommendations as to which one <laughs> go forward. It's, it is already a hard job, but, um, you know, I'd never complain about even more good stories to choose from, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, is there anything instantly that that, that sort of? I mean, I, I know actually what <laughs> I know one thing that instantly uh, you flag. Um, do you know what I'm referring to? Or oh, I do, and this comes from my my regular day job as well, right? When I do a lot of reading for for corporate writing and submissions as well. Formatting is uh, a real killer, right? You've seen my you've seen my notes on that one a few times. So um, primarily. Formatting is one of those um, really basic things. Essentially, if the way the file comes out makes it hard to read, you could have written the most beautifully constructed story in the world, but it's just really hard to digest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh, is it not? (laughs) No, I thought you were going to bring up theme. Ah, theme, of course. Yeah, that that is probably another, another big one. I think if I look at things that when it comes to that formatting to close that point out we struggle through and we continue to read them and finish them off um and do judge them on the content but you're right Luke the um the theme is where we get uh you'll you'll see my notes on them that say sometimes they're they're heartbreaking because we do read the entire submission even if you can establish halfway through that it's not really on theme and there have been a couple I would say of of some of the themes you've read recently where there've been some absolutely fantastic stories that have come out but unfortunately with the best will in the world and all the mental gymnastics I can muster there's no way you can make it fit to the theme and in a couple of occasions it's great that you can give the author a suggestion to maybe put it in for another theme that's coming up but when we don't have one on the on the horizon it's just unfortunate that you have a great story that you can't use and i think it's most difficult when there has been maybe a brief mention of the of the source material. I think the one that was most notable recently was when we went through sleep deprivation. Um, there were some great stories that were submitted, but the only real tie to the theme I could find is that there is a mention maybe in the opening couple of paragraphs that the you know that your protagonist of the story hasn't been sleeping well or they're a little tired. But apart from that, it doesn't tie as strongly to the theme as a lot of the other submissions we get so 
it struggles to win out, even if it's a really well-written story, because of course the audience is expecting something that surrounds that theme. Yeah, it is heartbreaking, um, especially when it's a story that you really like. It hits, it ticks off all the boxes, and then it just doesn't um, doesn't quite fit what we're looking for. Um, yeah, I mean, what else? What else? I mean, word count is another one that instantly flags to me. Sometimes we get submissions uh, where stories of four thousand words or a thousand words and we're quite clear in the submission guidelines that we're, we're looking for stories at 2000 word uh, mark we have a 10% um, what's the word I'm looking for here it's like a margin for a margin for error. Yeah, yeah margin call it yeah so uh, from 1800 to 2200 words um, there's a specific reason for that we can't a 2000 word short story comes in around 20 minutes of audio content if we go over that 20 minute mark um, then we have to insert an, uh, an advert right into the middle of the story which we don't want to do um, it's just part of our terms and conditions with our podcast host um, so yeah don't go over the word limit if you can I mean, it's, it's going to instantly knock you out of competition so there's almost no point in submitting at that point it's the same as the theme thing right you could have written a, a story that we absolutely love but if it's not going to fit into the medium, um, it's just unfortunate, and you know, we don't want to waste your time as much as as much as anything else. I think we can expand on that word count bit as well, if you like, Luke. With one of the other things is really looking at the pacing, because this can sometimes help with your word count as well, and it sort of leads into a couple of pieces. Sometimes I'll read a story um, that has made it into word count, but then when you look at the pacing and you go through there's perhaps a lot of detail that's been put in early you know in some early in some early scenes to do that scene setting and some of it's very important but it becomes unfortunate when you get to your ending and i'm sure you'll talk about endings in a moment but i'm sometimes left that an ending has felt less detailed or hasn't tied up or isn't quite hasn't quite got that that source that you need for a really great punchy ending or the conclusions that you're going to need to the story. And when you read it as a whole, that pacing really strikes out, especially when some of those longer details or those longer sections in that opening haven't really played out or haven't really come to anything or, you know, it didn't really add anything to the meat of the story when it got to the when it got to its conclusion and the crux of it. I'm happy to share that when I write myself, quite often I will finish a draft of the story and it will have come in over word count. Um, and then with that hindsight, going back through and deciding, okay, this detail here is is surplus to requirement and it doesn't really factor into the story in the end. So I can shorten this section down. I think as part of your editing process, looking at that pacing and making sure that you've got room to put in your meaningful details um, at the expense of maybe some of the extra nice to haves at the end when you really want to hit that word count it's being choiceful as to where you make your edits short horror stories usually end in a very certain way with like a, a sting like something terrible happens uh, Rod Serling the Twilight Zone guy uh, said that a short a story for them has a very specific formula it's man meets supernatural man is killed by supernatural and that's kind of the formula that we follow as well um, usually you introduce some unusual element 
to, uh, to, to a character, a more than one character, and then you have to find an interesting way to uh, surprise us or, or tie it up in the end um, that maybe we uh, weren't suspecting, or maybe we were, but that impending doom um, element is, is part of the joy of the story. Um, there's quite a few stories we get where the ending just, it's, it's also always really disappointing uh, when you're reading a story and it's fantastically well written um, and then it doesn't quite tie up in the end properly like the, the ending fizzles out or or maybe it doesn't go quite as hardcore as we, as we like yeah you're right Luke I think there's a number of stories that I've probably got um, maybe a half maybe three quarters of the way through fairly heavily convinced that this is probably going to be a really really strong contender for for inclusion some that i've been reading thinking, right this is a shoe in this is the first one that we're going to produce this you know this theme and then we'll come to the end and the end can really you know really put that exclamation point on your story or it can utterly sink it as well like if the end just doesn't quite tie up um sometimes when they don't quite tie up then there's opportunities for people to readdress those but when the when the ending really does um fall a little bit flat either doesn't happen or you know tries to you know tries to make a twist that doesn't really quite come off or doesn't make make sense that can really knock something down the the rankings and when we're in a very fortunate position that we're getting a really good number of submissions a number of really good strong high quality submissions um the unfortunate truth of it is if there's a good story that needs its ending reworking to be usable and several other stories that have got that right, then the nature of the beast and a weekly production is that you're going to go with the ones that are that don't need that extra work to be done, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, there's a fast turnaround on this podcast, so we, we obviously always try and push for the, the very best quality story that we can, but... Um, if a story is already there, like uh, 99% of the way there compared to a story that's 80% of the way there but would need uh, a punch up on the end, we're usually going to go with the one that's already most of the way there. Uh, just because, you know, we've got to get the story to the narrator, got to get it to the editor. Um, there's a whole production pipeline that we need to get through. Yeah, you're right. It's not like a, like a, like a series that has seasons and ends, right? There isn't like a six-month fallow period while the other stories are offline building up a bank of stories and going into production you're putting out an episode every week plus working on those patron episodes plus working on all of the you know the special projects like the halloweens and so on so there really has to be quite a bit of brutal efficiency to it which is why we have some of those heartbreaking stories when they are so close to being to being there and it's not to detract that from the ones that are 99% of the way there already and saying that they only won because of that um but it just it just means that you when you're having to make those difficult choices that those are the factors that get those stories eliminated another thing that that might knock a story off the uh the, the top list would be like grammar like easy grammar mistakes um I mean, obviously, if the story is good and the grammar's not quite there, I quite often in the past just contacted the writer and said, we'll work through uh, the copy edits and, and get it up to, to shape. But again, if there's another story right next to it that's just as good, but is easier to read and is easier to edit, 
and then we're, we're going to go with that one. So, and grammar is not a difficult one to fix. There's a lot of quite easy grammar mistakes. You could throw uh, your document into something something like Grammarly, which is a free uh, like Chrome application. And although it won't tell you every little uh, piece that you can change and, and fine tune, it will give you it will point out any glaring errors that you might have missed. And especially when you're writing in character as well, right? There's there's every opportunity that that may be part of the character so you can't be entirely guided by a machine but i think having that as part of your proofreading process um i cannot recommend highly enough reading your story aloud when you're when you're done with it and not doing that thing where you trick yourself where you feel like you're reading it aloud but you're just kind of mumbling it under your breath like do have an attempt um of reading your story out loud as if you were performing it and if you're finding that you're stumbling over words or something doesn't quite feel right when you're saying it, then that might be a sentence that you go back and tweak. I know one of the narrators, was it was it Jasmine that mentioned this, Luke, that was something that she does, that she plays, she has um, some text-to-speech software that will read the story out, but dispassionately as well to give her a feel of how it how it sounds. So again, if you're someone who is less comfortable reading things aloud or having someone read them aloud to you, then that's another option you can follow. Other tips, you can you can change the font, make it like really big. That sometimes helps me catch stuff. Uh, but and although this, you might not be in a position to do this, but I, when I'm writing my short stories, um, I actually record them as if, as if they're for a podcast, and that's part of my editing process. Um, and as if I'm presenting the story to someone else. Um, and it just, you're right, hearing it out loud is the best way to catch not only grammar issues, but like rhythm issues or clunky sentences that, although look quite good on a page, might sound like nonsense when uh, when read aloud. And if there are things that you've done in there by design, that also gives you the cue to maybe, because we you're submitting to the other stories knowing it's to be intentionally produced into audio, maybe that gives you the cue to add a note to your file you know use the notes function on your word process to put something in there to maybe give the team a bit of a heads up like this is spoken in this accent or the grammar here is meant to be bad because this is the way the character is speaking or when you're coming up with um weird and wonderful creature names if you in your head have a vision of how those creature names are to be pronounced then take a shot at giving them to us phonetically so the narrator has that that tip in there as well because what we want to do with those stories that are selected is you know we want to make sure that we're producing things that are as the creators imagine them and you know really produce great quality stories right yeah for sure and you touch on a, a good point there the, the stories are audio so if there's a great opportunity or a great idea around audio uh, I think one of the recent episodes we produced was about uh, like a tape recording from an interview um, and there were sort of ghostly static noises um, creeping into the audio recording. Like stuff like that, it gives our editors like a lot to play with and they love that kind of thing. And, and it does really work quite well. Yeah, and I know you were saying the, the flip side of that is almost some of the really fantastic, really written, like literary stuff that has almost like a, you know, a classical literature vibe to some of it sometimes. Again, it, that on the other hand is sometimes less suitable for an audio medium. Um, 
regardless of how fantastic it is we have produced i know um a number that do really kind of fit into that category but again when you're having to pick between several strong stories then um definitely having an eye and a mind for what is going to work well in an audio setting or be an interesting presentation in an audio uh, format is uh, is always very handy a person can't when you're reading a book you can reread a paragraph uh to to sort of make sense of it uh, or to you know have another go at it uh which i quite often do with more literary works but in a podcast form it doesn't quite work like that uh so you you kind of have to make sure it's quite clear um that the prose level um for the audience I mean, one thing I, I like to see, but is is definitely not needed. Um, I always like there to be some kind of thematic tie between uh, the internal conflict or the flaw of the main character of the piece. I like that to be tied into the external supernatural elements, if that makes sense. Um, so I can't really think of a, a great example at the minute off the top of my head, but someone who um, is a bad person, but for some reason or another the way in which they're bad um is the is what causes their demise if that makes sense yeah yeah so it's really your own character flaws that land you in those situations that you're in right and that's what that's what like accelerates your fate if you like or it doesn't have to be your flaw it could almost be your virtue that you're being punished for i guess as well it's just something that ties your character to your scenario and um, you've jogged my memory as well, Luke. I think the last point I had was really a bonus point as well, is thinking about character. Like when you're writing a story, it is a challenge that you that you come across separating your voice as a narrator or a writer that's doing the descriptive point and then making your character voices identifiable and separate from that. So all of your characters don't just sound like the same person talking and they're coming from from you, the author. Um, you know, as an example, if you're writing from the point of view of, uh, of a child and your child is the main character, they won't speak in the same way as as your adult characters or, you know, characters from different backgrounds that you may have. So really having characters that stand out on the page and can be identified as different people and i think um you know we've we've seen some great examples of that of that recently as well on the podcast when you have like a cast of characters who have very very distinct voices in the way that they're written um like you said the the swift baron laxon stories that that richard reynolds wrote they have some very very diverse characters in there that on the page and then when persephone performs them on audio they stand out as very different people and to read them on the page, they're written very differently in the way they speak. That's a great point. I mean, also, um, you'd be surprised about this one, but um, a lot of people name characters all with the same first letter. So you might find an Andy and an Adam and an Alex. This, I think this issue tends to come into play more in novel writing, uh, but it's, it's an easy one to fix. Um, so that's one to look out for. Um, I think they're, they're like really the big points with some bonus points um, for you. I mean, there's there's loads of writing exercises we could give you, uh, loads of things you could you could try. Um, but yeah, hopefully this helps people. 
I guess if this is an opener, if people have questions and they want to connect with us on the Facebook group, on the Discord, on any of the other social platforms, if they have specific questions, then um, I know I'm certainly happy to join you again and cover them, Luke. And I know you've got plenty of time to for correspondence. I know you were always very open with it. So if this is something people find useful, I'm happy to do more. Yeah, cool. Um, I'll just mention um, we've just started to do like story critique a story critique service um, through Hawk and Cleaver if you go to theotherstories.net forward slash studio you can submit a short story and we will give you pointers of where, where you may be going wrong uh, that might be able to help you not only on that story but you know all the stories you write from, from that point on yeah I think that makes sense especially if you have a project which is separate from you know a passing question about the selection process and the other stories um, if you want, as I, I know, Luke, you're looking at different levels of that between, you know, line critique and proofing versus actually just giving an overview of what we think about it and giving some detailed feedback. Um, yeah, if that's something that people are interested in, I know that you have a team here of, I don't know what it was at last count, Luke, but there's several hours of podcasting and stories between us all. So um, hopefully people will find that useful as well. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Andy. It's, uh, I think, really interesting, and and we should do more of this kind of thing going forward if people are people are interested. Always nice to speak to you, Luke. Bye for now. Bye.